Hey, it's Lauren. Our new episode is here and is immediately following this very special Mouthy Broadcast message. Regrettably, this episode requires a disclaimer. This episode was recorded on Sunday, January 24th. In it, we discuss our sorrow over the recent passing of David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Peter then makes an off-color comment about how wrong it is that Abe Vigoda is still alive. Again, this was on Sunday, January 24th. This very morning, January 26th, I wrote the description blurb of the episode, titled the show after Abe Vigoda, and even found a Vigoda picture to go along with it. Mere hours later, Abe Vigoda did in fact die. Today, January 26th. No offense was intended by any of our remarks, and I apologize on behalf of all the broads. We're especially sorry that Peter killed Abe Vigoda with his words. Furthermore, it was recently pointed out to us that both Bowie and Rickman were mentioned on the Mouthy broadcast shortly before their passing as well. We will refrain from mentioning any more beloved stars until we're sure that this jinx has passed on. We thank you all for your continued support. Now on with the show. I showed not gay DJ the um hair the hair plucking video. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I don't remember because I was kind of drunk. <laughs> Just bring it up casually next time you talk to him, and then he's been texting me f- since you know Friday night. Oh, so okay. yeah. Just send him like random gifts and see what he does. Well, he wa- he's he wants to take me out, but we're both snowed in, so it's kind of like, what are we gonna do? Netflix and chill. It take it take Netflix and freeze. Yeah, I think the chill is like literal at this point. <laughs> but it would take like I mean, if we were gonna go walk to see each other, it'd take like you know four hours to walk and, and then have sex in the snow. Ew, that's hurt. That would hurt. No, it'd be commendable if he could get it hard in the snow. <laughs> I mean, I. I, I I'd give that guy a high five if he could do that. <laughs> it would really prove he wasn't gay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you carve out like an igloo inside of the snow and then crawl into that and then have sex. It would still be cold in there. I mean, the Inuit people survived centuries exactly. without heat, you know? So exactly. Is that a, no. is it Inuit? I don't know. Is that the proper pronunciation? You know, that, you know that Eskimo is an offensive term, right? Apparently Eskimo is an offensive term. I didn't realize. Eskimo like is like the ago. frozen tundra version of the N-word. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was that bad. That, I mean, they I think really it. Did. I don't know. I I don't think it would have been if it weren't for like Eskimo kisses and Eskimo pie and Eskimo pie Eskimo brothers yeah <laughs> all those things I, now I really want to hear Eskimo gangster rap where they're just dropping the e word like left and right <laughs> you know the you know the song the only gay Eskimo by Corky and the Juice Pigs no I'm the only gay Eskimo the only gay Eskimo yeah it's a, <laughs> it's a hilarious song yeah I think Kanye's gonna cover that.
what I've not been enjoying so far is Your this mom. whole fucking year. No, I, I enjoy my mom, and everybody does. Everybody knows that. <laughs> this this whole fucking year has sucked so far. Yeah. 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 We, like, we went from, hey, what are we excited for in 2016 to fuck this year, like, in less than a month. Yeah. Like, less than two weeks, even, I think. Uh, Like, right after we recorded the last episodes... Fucking David Bowie and Alan Rickman died in one week. Yeah, and and nobody saw it coming. Like we we didn't we didn't know that they they had been sick for years. Yeah, like, it was just like, oh, by the way, David Bowie died. Wait, what? He just put a new album. Like, how right. is he dead? Like, right? It was yeah, like somebody said on Facebook, like, uh, you know, David Bowie's dead. These are words that don't even make sense together. Like, yeah. it's yeah, not I a always, phrase that you expect to say. I never. I never even thought of he would ever die. I always kind of thought like he was like some kind of alien that just came to Earth to give us good music. I think we've all thought yeah. that. You know, I mean, yeah. Jenny <laughs> believes he's a crystal gem. You believe he's an alien. I know we've discussed the possibility that he's a Time Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, there and there's also there's also that meme that's going around that he's the new Ninth Planet right. that just got discovered. Right. He's, you know, um, Bowie is. There are there are human beings who transcend what our expectations of people are. And Bowie was that. Bowie is that still. You know, he's he's on the Bowie same plane as... Bowie was a didn't give a fuck. That too. That too. He did whatever he wanted. But, you know, Bowie's on the same plane as John Lennon or Frank Sinatra or any of these, like, golden, revered stars, you know. That, he had mm-hmm. such a big impact on music that... <clears throat> I mean, the amount of grief that came after wasn't surprising to me at all. Right. I mean, like, he, he he tried so many different genres of music that, like, so many different people were like, oh, my God, David Bowie's dead. Like, when you hear, like, Madonna talking about it, you hear, like, Dave Grohl talking about it, like, the whole spectrum. Even Kanye. Even Kanye. Who <laughs> tried to compare himself to David Bowie, and I was just like, just, he, just he did not. That was, that was, that was a false report uh, just drummed up from people trying to get. Don't defend Kanye. Kanye again. Don't defend Kanye. I will. We're going to do a whole fucking episode one day and I'm going to defend Kanye. All right? He's like the Kanye PR department of Florida. <laughs> film film so, Crit Hulk is with me on this one, okay? So we're, you know, and and um, everybody's still reeling over David Bowie and days later, Alan Rickman dead out of the blue. Yeah, it was, another one where it's like, and like he you had s- cancer for years. We're like, wait, what? Right, it, like you said, nobody <laughs> knew that either one of them had cancer. Nobody knew that they were struggling through this. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure their family knew, but it's one of those things where these were people who had fans that really cared, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Alan Rickman has so many amazing roles and always left an impact in any part that he was in. Even, like, you know, Pride and Prejudice. I did not like that movie, but I liked Alan Rickman in it, damn it. Like, <laughs> Look at Robin Hood. Like, I Kevin know. Costner's an awful Robin it's Hood, true. but Alan Rickman was so it's good. It's so true. It's- like that movie really should have been good, and I and I uh, think I my Alan Rickman post was uh, um, a picture of him as a sheriff of Nottingham when he passed away. Mm-hmm. I I posted about that I'll on my Facebook page. Right, I'll cut your heart out with a spoon. It it's brilliant, and he was so good. He was such a bad villain in everything he played, and mm-hmm. I brought that up because I felt like it's one of his underrated roles. Everyone knows Hans Gruber. Everybody knows Snape and loves him as mm-hmm. Snape. But he he made a what could have been a terrible movie because of Kevin Costner, a mediocre movie. But still, <laughs> <laughs> but I 
when looking back at that movie, it really should have been better. You know, you had it should have Alan Rickman. On paper, it, had, it was great. Right, you had Morgan Freeman. Every like, it was a good story. I think the only bad thing about it is Kevin. It Costner. is. I think if you if you just switch somebody into the role, yeah. other than him, it even would be Christian a good Slater's movie. a little bit shaky though. Eh, a little like, bit yeah, shaky, but, can... but he wasn't. He could have done better opposite of someone. Yeah, different. He, he's not what ruined the movie. Like he could have been okay, you know. But if there was a better Robin Hood, I think that what somebody could still do we should get george lucas on this he's kind of a master of uh redoing movies and cgi <laughs> um i think they need to just take carrie elway's robin hood from men in tights and mm-hmm. splice it in to kevin costner in Perfect. prince of thieves i'm on board yeah, yeah. i'm kind of and- surprised it hasn't been done yet get on it internet yeah <laughs> you know that's the sort of thing that'd be like yeah i'm gonna do that and i'm not gonna do it. Uh- I'm not. One thing I want to mention about Alan Rickman is uh, his first movie role was Hans Gruber in Die Hard. And he was, I believe, 42 at the time. So Holy he's shit. one of those people where I feel like, okay, if you feel like you haven't really gotten, if you, if you haven't hit your peak yet, don't worry. Because like there's been a lot of late bloomers out there. Yeah, and it's not too late to look at your life and say, like, well, I've always wanted to try this. I'm going to go do acting. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to change something about my life or try this out i've read a really beautiful post by the actress who played luna lovegood in harry potter do either one of you know her name uh Uh, no i don't know her name but i'm sorry i'm sad because i love her i know i wish and i figured jenny you would know it that's why i asked um but anyway i read a really beautiful post by her about him after he passed and um one of the things she said was that she had a conversation with him and she was super young when they had the conversation you know she's probably 20 and told him that she was feeling a lot of pressure to do well and wasn't sure which path to take next with her career and he didn't even start acting until he was 26 and he had a he had a lot of roles on the stage um before like as peter said he was 42 before he had his first movie role um but he didn't even start acting until 26 which is which is still young but when you see somebody who uh, is as accomplished and brilliant and has such an amazing career, usually they would have started much younger. And, you know, his, I just, and, and the way that she spoke about his advice to her was really touching and wonderful mm-hmm. too. But um, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but. <laughs> I, I liked what Daniel Radcliffe said about him, where he said that when they started making those movies, Alan Rickman was the only one treating the kids as equals, whereas everyone was still treating them as like little kids in a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and he was actually like treating them the, the amount of respect that you would any other actor working on a movie with. You know, one of the things I think I notice about him um, when everybody's kind of posting their tributes on Facebook or whatever is that everybody has a different iconic movie role that they attach to him. Kind of like Tim Curry, like you're either going to see Tim Curry as like Pennywise or Frankenfurter or like Clue. the devil from legend or something. The butler um, from Clue. Yeah. Or Clue, yeah. And Alan Rickman is kind of the same way. Like either he's Snape or he's Hans Gruber or he's the Sheriff of Nottingham. There might be like one or two other ones that are kind of, you know, fringe or something, but I think I, I mean, saw a couple people post him as the, the angel from Dogma. Yes. That's the other one, yes. The Metacon. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> like the mitochondria. How- what was the name of that? <laughs> By the country, <laughs> the Metatron, the Megatron, the Metatron, yeah. the Metatron. Yeah, so I I don't know how I forget that because like I think that's kind of my favorite favorite Kevin Smith movie, and he's a big part of why that's my favorite. Yeah, he was great um, in that role. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't uh, th- I can't think of anything he wasn't brilliant in. That's the thing. I was, and one thing I I saw was uh, imagine the look that Alan Rickman gave the Grim Reaper when he saw him. <laughs> you don't have to imagine it. You don't have to. You've seen it. You've yeah. seen it. How yeah. many t- that, that, that look of disdain. The look that he gave to <laughs> Harry Potter every time he looked at his face. That's what it was. Oh, but, but it's, it's it great was because- different for Harry Potter, though. He was seeing Lily. He, I think, I always felt like he was seeing James, and he was seeing the disdain. I don't think so no, I, I think you know, even though I'm sure he was envious to some degree, he didn't seem like he was the type of character that envy and that jealousy about. No, know, it wasn't Lily that he was, was jealous of James. It was that he. They always James said you have your mother's to, eyes. Mm, he says that at the end, but Snape always told Harry, "You're just like your father." I think he said that out of spite because he was trying to hide his he, sorrow for losing Lily. Yeah, okay. and he made a mm-hmm. promise to Lily right. that he would always protect Harry. Right, and that was the thing. Like everybody thought he was protecting Harry just to protect Harry, but no, it was because of a promise that he made to Lily. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So he ended up being like this really complex character that you thought was just like a right. Oh no, he was the most. The of course, he was the most complex character in the whole series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you see J.K. Rowling said that she told him? She told yeah. him very early in, during the filming what the end and he, of the movie was. They were saying that uh, some of the directors, they'd be saying like, okay, well, you should do this in the scene. Alan Rickman was like, no, I can't because I know this thing about a character that I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Which I think is great. Like, God damn it, well, fucking tell me. And he's like, I can't. I made right. a promise to, to J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Wow. That's meta. <laughs> he made a promise not to tell the promise. <laughs> he made a promise. Fuck. <laughs> That's he made a promise to, <laughs> to protect the integrity of the character. <laughs> Man, can we just like pour one out for the homies? Yes, indeed. Uh, Everyone right now, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're listening. Pour one out for David Bowie, Alan Rickman. Don't pour it on your computer or on your podcasting <laughs> mic, though. That would be disastrous. No. <laughs> and also form a protective circle around Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Oh, my God. And Harrison Ford. Oh, my God. And- Don't say those names. Abe Vigoda. <laughs> What? Abe Vigoda's, how the fuck is Abe Vigoda still alive and David Bowie isn't? How the exactly. Fuck, how did we reach that point? And Keith Richards is just absorbing their energy from all of them. It's just like, oh. You know, one. I think Keith Richards is Palpatine. <laughs> like, have you looked at him lately? I can actually see him shooting lightning bolts out of his fingers, yes, too. Yes, yes. Oh. I think that's Anyways, a good let's... place to... Yes, yeah, so yeah. we gotta take a break, and uh, we got a whole bunch of voicemails since the last recording, so we gotta we gotta play those.
Okay. All right. We're back. 
And uh yeah, we got like we got like four voicemails. Well, technically we got like twenty-five. <laughs> but we condensed them for the, the pleasure of our listeners. Um so a couple episodes ago we talked quite a bit about Star Wars and about what would happen if Leia and Han were having sex and Chewbacca was in the room. And well, I think the the question originally was, did Han, Leia, and Chewie engage in threesome? Yes. And what we had kind of said was like I think Chewie would sit in the corner and masturbate and then maybe eventually, <laughs> right? That's kind of how we left yeah. it. Like maybe, you know, stuff happened. So we had a really exactly. good response from the listener. It's kind of like having sex while your cat is in the room or something um, or your dog. And this listener, I will let you guys know, this listener didn't fluff himself off much, but <laughs> he didn't have a fluffer there with him. Um, but he is actually TV's Jeff. Um, he has made it to the front page of Reddit. Um, Ooh. he became a an imager star overnight recently. So he's like a celebrity. He's a he's a minor celebrity, and I and I know for a fact that he's a big fan of us just by listening to his voicemail. And this is this is Jeff, right? Yep, this is Jeff. Hi, this is Jeff. I'm a big fan of the Mouthy broadcast. Uh, I just want to say that I listened to your Star Wars podcast, and I thought it was probably the best thing you guys have ever done. I especially enjoyed the conversation about Han and Leia having sex on the Millennium Falcon while Chewie is watching and, and jerking off. And it actually reminded me of some saucy stories from my own life. See, I had this girlfriend who had this big, dumb, annoying dog, and the two of them were inseparable. So, you know, we were dating, and the dog would always be with her, so I would be trying to put on the moves, fooling around, and, you know, all of a sudden, I would feel a cold, wet nose in my ass crack. I'm like, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. And she would be like, oh, oh, why'd you stop? I'm like, uh, maybe you could go on top. I I don't know. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'd be very close to finishing, and all of a sudden, this dog would start licking my feet, and it was such a weird sensation. Uh, my body has never been more confused about what it wants. My main point is that that's probably what the Han, Leia, Chewy relationship was like. They probably were having sex, and Leia was thinking to herself, why is Chewy still here? Maybe I should make him leave, but she just kind of rolled with it. And next thing you know, Chewie's eating out her ass. And yeah, that's, that's all I have. So thank you, Matthew Broadcast. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought I knew where this was going, and then all of a sudden he's just like, and Chewie's eating out her ass. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> But like, I don't, I don't think that Chewbacca is a pet. You know, he's he's a friend of theirs. So. It's true. I mean, it's true. But the way he described the dog, you know, he the dog. And- Leia gave Chewbacca a big hug in the Force Awakens when they when they saw each other for the first time. Oh, years. is that knowing glance? She gave huh? him a reach around. <laughs> I I feel like the way that TV's Jeff described the relationship between his girlfriend and this dog, it was more of a companion rather than a pet. Yeah, I can see that. You know. And I could definitely see, like, Chewbacca maybe just, you know, watching them. And she's getting a little bit uncomfortable or whatever. And then next thing you know, she he's trying to, like, wedge in between them or, you know, just gently reaches around and cups her breasts while they're having sex. I don't know. That I don't, I don't think Chewbacca's gentle. <laughs> I could see him using, like, his hairy fingertips as ticklers. <laughs> I could see that being somewhat gentle. And eating out her asshole, like, he's got, like, that furry mouth and he's got fangs and stuff. He no, 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 no. Okay, first of all, he's got a snout. 
That's true. So it's going to kind of cup right in there. <laughs> I was you know. really trying not to picture and it. You don't use, you know, you don't use teeth for that sort of thing. No, yeah. it's it's got to be all tongue, it's, right? It's like, tongue I don't... and lips, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know exactly how long his tongue is. He has lips. Yeah. He's not using his teeth for that. <laughs> Again, I'm trying not to picture this. Uh, does he have claws at all, or is it just... Yeah, he's got claws. He's got claws, but like all we really see is fur. So, okay. you know, gentle furry stroking. It kind of, the fur kind of covers all over the uh, the claws or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just really trying not to picture him like shoving a finger into her butt hole while she's riding a hot cock or anything. It's... I hope Who's scruffy just... looking? <laughs> I hope I put some that picture into somebody else's head, though. Wookiees have been known uh, to rip people's arms off when they don't get their way. So maybe there was ooh, another reason why Leia had to give in. That is a good point. Yeah. Who would rip her tits off? Ow! <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh god, that hurts. <laughs> Alright, so we got, uh, let's see, we got another voicemail from I think the next one was from Bianca. Hello, Mouthy Broadcast. Um, I would like to congratulate you for making 100 shows. Well, thank you. Um, that's a huge milestone, and congratulations. And then secondly, you asked if I were to have that a Bluetooth speaker and insert it up my rectum, what would I be playing? Um, it would probably be The Planet by Gustav Holst. It would be the Zubin Meta lead LA Phil version. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Bye. I am unfamiliar with Gustav Holmes. Um, yeah. I don't want the listeners to hear me tapping on my keyboard to Google right now. I'm going to assume there's a lot of bass to that one. Let me let me see if I can look this up. I but I, I greatly appreciate Bianca giving such an enthusiastic answer. I don't feel like I think he knew his answer. Yeah, it seems like he had a, an answer ready to shove up his anus. I think I found it here. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? The full suite. 50 minutes. So Jesus he's going Christ. for like a fucking marathon session. This is part you said one, a Mars, specific, of War. A very specific version, right? Oh, he did. I don't remember what he said. The uh, something I I can't remember. L.A. something. Yeah, I've been drinking. Yeah. Anyway, I'm digging the crescendo. I see where yeah, that would like, be enjoyable. Very, very epic. It's got to start slow. The beat's got to increase. And I think it's building. Okay. It's got to. I hope we don't get sued for this. Pulsate. Faster and faster and harder and harder as it goes on, right? Good choice. Yeah. This is the most epic music to shove up your ass. <laughs> yeah. It's like triumphant. Great pull, Bianca. Nice job. I gotta say, like, I was a little skeptical, but. No, I'm impressed with his choice. It makes me think that the Imperial March would be a good choice, too. Yeah. And I hadn't considered that before. 
That would be, especially if you were like wearing leather at the time. You know, I I definitely think the Imperial March would be like a stop. Yeah. Really, thank you, thank you very much, Bianca. That really, thank you. That was an excellent call. <laughs> wow. And enjoy the uh, planets up your asshole, especially Uranus. Come on, wah, your wah. joke. <laughs> All right, next voicemail. All Here right, Howard. Right. So Howard called in, and what did he have? To in Orlando, Florida. One of the gay guys in Orlando. I actually really thought that the final episode of Lost was genius. All right, stop. And I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, come on. Really? Genius? We can debate about whether or not it was good. (laughs) But genius was a little much. Was was there more to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely had to stop to say something about that. Yeah. Well, let's just so I'm in the minority. Hear him out. The reason I liked it is in some strange way, I thought, okay, the whole time that lost one on everyone's like, no, we're, we're, they're not really dead. They're not really in purgatory. And everyone's like, oh, why is it really? And everyone's trying to figure it out. And the, well, no, but they're not really dead. They're not really in purgatory. And like, oh, then what is it? And everybody had all these theories. And then lo and behold, they're dead. They're in purgatory. It's the way they ended it. And the reason I think that, that was so brilliant was the whole show of Lost, they're part of this confusion that was death for these people. And as it went on, they were all trying to figure out, even though they didn't know it, how to die and figure out how to move on. And the way that this happened in this collective was they, they were creating a place that they could be together, and that became their heaven, so to say. Wait, 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 wait. Denial. <laughs> okay, he misinterpreted the ending to Lost. Uh, spoilers. The, I've never watched again, it's it. It's been off they, for like 10 years. They weren't dead the entire time. Everything that happened on the island happened. It's all the stuff what? that you see in season six, the sideways stuff, that's after they died from their experience on the island or after they left. That's the place that they created where they could okay. all meet up. But wait, didn't and... people die? No, because didn't people die before then? Yeah, but... Uh, when, when you died on the island or, wh- or wherever, you went to that purgatory place that you see in season I six. I think we need to listen to the rest of Howard's voicemail. Okay. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe he adds something else onto it. The very last episode, people start figuring it out. And are, like, we, you saw them, like, their faces, like, but as you were the, with the final character going forward with your, oh, wow, this is really what's happening. And I think the only way that they could have done that was this huge lie that that's not what's happening, which paralleled the denial that these people are in the astronauts, which is part of the struggle, part of the making the no, making no, of heaven for them. Now that I'm saying it out loud, what a stupid fucking episode. <laughs> How okay. <laughs> horrible was that? He said us um, up. Erase this entire message. Oh, whoops. We were supposed to erase it. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I think you brought up some good points that I think it was very easily to be misinterpreted. Like, I, I interpreted it the same way that, you know, everybody was dead the whole time and they were just fucking lying to us. And I, I was pissed off. I felt ripped off by this whole fucking So what show. were the no. smoke numbers and the numbers and all that crap if 
they weren't dead it the whole time. It didn't matter. None mystical, of it mattered. Mystical island shit, basically. What? Um, what? No, it's mystical they, dead they, shit. They, they, they were they, dead. They, they didn't die in the, in the plane crash. Everything that happened on the island really happened. Uh, it's just after they died from whatever on the show, they went into the purgatory place that you see in season six. And then that's where they figure out, oh shit, I'm dead. Now we can move on. And then at the end, you see them walking out the church door into heaven or wherever they, they were going. Okay. So like when Locke killed himself, then that's that's when he actually died. That yes. was that was legit. Uh, okay, I can buy this a little bit better than it, it's it's still there's still a lot that doesn't work about it. Um if we should probably link uh, Film Crit Hulk's explanation of it in a in the post for this podcast because mm-hmm. he it's it, it's a long post and if you can get past the Hulk speak he makes a lot of really good points about it. Um, one of his, his things was a lot of these people had only just met on the island, so like how are they so important to each other that like that that, that they met up with each other in the afterlife? You know, like remember yeah. how like Saeed hooked up with uh, Shannon in the afterlife when like it only been like dating for, like four days or something before she got killed yeah sadia was like the love of his life and something and like where was she like though i can kind of see that like being put into that kind of stressful situation that you're stranded you've been through a traumatic incident by the you know the plane crash and you're together in this isolated desert island um that it kind of creates relationships a lot faster than you normally would just in the outside world yeah so i can kind of buy that my biggest problem with it is that like we went through five years of all these mysteries and shit with no payoff on so many of them it was just like i don't know it felt like okay well we gotta give them something so let's just make up something right now so like when they revealed like the numbers were actually like numbers assigned to all the passengers to be jacob's uh successor or whatever it was like really like why was all this crazy shit happening with the numbers before like that makes no sense like Mm -hmm. why was it bad luck and okay so howard called back actually just a few minutes after that (laughs) and so maybe he has like even further things that he wants to say about full disclosure i really did like that last episode but as Uh. i was delivering my review and explanation i'm like it would be really funny to just go 180 on this bullshit and like be like yeah that wasn't He's admitting to just toying with her emotions. Just uh, say hi. I really enjoyed your episode. And this Waddy Potty, I have been intrigued by this concept for a while. I know you've seen the little video with the unicorn and the um the ice cream coming out of its ass that's been, that's like demonstrates Waddy Potty. If not, you need to watch that. It's hilarious. Um so, <laughs> I guess, I, I'm craving um uh some showtime or airtime with you ladies in a while. Make it happen. Yes. Yes. We need to get Howard back on the show immediately, if not sooner. Like maybe the next show that we record, he can pop in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One more voicemail. All right. This one is from Jason. Mouthy ones. This is Jason Thomas calling in to discuss, or at least to open a topic up, of the wussification of the North American male. Ooh, it's uh, quite upsetting. I posted a link uh, to a commercial on your Facebook page, which is a Summer's Eve product uh, commercial in which uh, ladies in the bathroom, her husband is in the shower, presumably getting all squeaky clean. And she points out the fact that the cleaning product, the Summer's Eve soap, <clears throat> is pH balanced or whatever for a woman's yeah. private areas. And he's that using he's using the soap. Immediately, the man launches into a series of masculine tasks to prove that he is, <laughs> in fact, truly a manly man. He's a bro. The commercial closes with uh, 
The lady's sitting on the couch. Her husband comes in, finishes chugging his beer, hops down, belches, crumples the can. And she says, well, that was close. This is ridiculous. This is upsetting. This is absurd. Where are we? How far have we gone? Where I know it's a joke, but where it's, it's implied that soap could be uh, a threat to one's gender. As if his balls uh, a friend started to hand me a cup of coffee one day. Um, the mug that she handed me was started to hand me was pink and it said something princess on it or whatever. And she immediately retracted and was like, no, 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 no hold on. Let me get you a different mug. A like, you don't want a pink mug. It's like, you're right. I don't want a pink mug. I don't want any color mug. It doesn't matter. I just want the coffee that's in the mug. Like, you can give me a pink mug. You, I would drink coffee out of a stiletto go-go boot if I needed that's coffee. And that's all that there was to serve it. Where are we? How are we getting so offended or intimidated by things that are feminine that we must immediately assert our masculinity? It's not like the shoe on the other foot. If I were to hand Lauren a cup of coffee and it was in a, like a Navy mug or whatever, it, that wouldn't be implying like, oh, you know, here, Lauren, this blue mug is for you because you're so manly. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't say that you're manly, whatever. Like, that's insanity. Like, a, a cup of coffee is a cup of coffee. Uh, soap is soap. Sure, you know, there's definitely, like, you know, uh, acids and bases going on, and you probably want to make sure that you're not washing your hoo-ha with fucking soap that's going to burn you or whatever. But you know what? If it washes your junk, it'll wash my armpits just fine. It'll wash my nasty, filthy, stinking manliness right off and, and never be returned. No, that's not the case. But I think you probably want to use, like, something stronger for your armpit. Like, you don't want to use vagina soap for your armpit because, like, you, you want to make sure you get all the funk out that's, of the pits. That's true. But at the same time, his point is, like, th that's not really his point. His point was, the you know, the guy going, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to turn into a woman, you know. I need to prove my manliness. And it's funny because I've brought this up, like, I, I listened to... Uh, Behind the curtain, folks. I listened to the voicemail a few days ago before this show. And I brought... Oh, my God. Spoilers. <laughs> I brought the topic up to um, a group of people I was out with a couple nights ago. And this one guy was like, oh, yeah, somebody tried to hand me a princess cup. And I was like, no. This this guy that I'm friends with. Um, like, he actually got offended by that? He wasn't offended. Why the fuck but he, would he care? He wasn't offended, but he didn't want to drink out of it. He was like, could I get another cup? He's if a somebody hand like me that. a princess cup of something, I'd be like, thank you. I was thirsty. Like, it was okay. Oh, no, I I'm saying, sorry. I'm, I, wait, wait. I'm misrepresenting the story. Jesse, if you're listening, I apologize. Okay. The story <laughs> was he was he had been at a bar drinking Long Island iced teas, and it was just a little bit bitter. So he asked the bartender, could I have something like a Long Island iced tea, but maybe just like a hint sweeter or fruitier? If you, you know, is that possible? Mm -hmm. and the bartender's like, yeah, sure. Makes him this drink. It's bright pink. He sips it and he says, this is great. What is it? The bartender tells him it's called a Victoria's Secret. So he said, I'm going to order he this again, drink. but I want you to tell me it's called a bear hunter. Like, <laughs> so that's not quite as bad as. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably get a little bit like, oh, I don't I don't think this is my thing. If it was like the Victoria's Secret pink shocking electric drink. Well, you know? I, I know I'm with you, too, on that. Like, I don't want to be the girl ordering the Victoria's Secret panty dropper. At I don't the even bar. fucking order like an Apple teeny or whatever. Right. Like, that's Just, bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to order a Cosmo because I feel like freaking, you know, Carrie Horseface from Sex in the City. <laughs> what the heck? Whatever her last name is. Because I don't I'm so not a girl. I don't even know the name of the main character from Sex in the City. 
ethnicity. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I would not feel embarrassed ordering something called a Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. if I really enjoyed the taste of it. That's so. true. But That's I can, true. I guess it's a little different for a guy. But um, in Jason's point, like I really appreciated everything he had to say. And I feel like at this point in time, we can move beyond those kind of gender stereotypes where you, you know, a guy shouldn't drink out of a pink mug. And I think that people are treating their kids you know, colors are just colors and boys mm-hmm. could be princesses and girls could be superheroes, as in the words of Taylor Swift. Like Target did. They took down, you know, these are for boys, these are for girls signs mm-hmm. in the toy department. Because, I mean, what if a girl wants to play with Star Wars figures? Right. That's awesome. I played with she Star Wars figures it. when I was a kid. I played with mm-hmm. Superman and He-Man and, and everything else, you know. And if a boy wants to have tea time or something, like, fucking awesome. Right, Let him. right. And I think uh, the standard, it's it's a little bit more enforced on boys or men than for girls. Like, I think it's a little bit easier for a girl to play with a so-called boys toy rather than for a boy to, like, you know, buy the Barbie house or something if he wanted to. You know, that is true. Like, I think that, that is absolutely true. Like that's why they um, apparently they didn't put out any Ray toys with the new Star Wars stuff. Um, they felt like the, the manufacturers were like, well, you know, this is this is still boys stuff and boys don't want to play with girl dolls. What? They want to play with. Yeah. It felt like, well, everybody's going to want Kylo Ren dolls, okay? So mm-hmm. let's just make a bunch of those. I didn't like, hear, how did Rey, I not hear about this? Ray was like the hero of the movie. Like, she's, she's, she's the new Luke. But they made a Princess Leia doll in, you know, 1977. They had a Princess Leia action figure. Why wouldn't they have a... Marvel did the same shit with the last Avengers movie. Like, they had all the Avengers except for Black Widow. It's like, why? She's just as much an Avenger as the others. Yeah, I heard about that. Like, they to the point that they put like Captain America on her motorcycle, that, you know, where she was clearly in the scene with the motorcycle. She was being a badass and like, that and I, all this yeah. Stuff. And I had heard about that controversy, but I didn't hear it about Star Wars. How did I miss it? E- even J.J. Abrams had to come out and say, this is ridiculous. You guys really need to like make more Ray toys. Like, like your, your excuses don't make sense. And, you know, so- some of them, some of them are like, some of them I can let slide. Cause like some of them involve spoilers. So, you haven't mm-hmm. seen the new Star Wars. Uh, turn this off right now. Um, yeah, like her holding a lightsaber or something. I can see them holding that back for a while. But she but should just be her, there. Yeah, like her, her with her staff on her fucking you know uh, speeder thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. no excuse. Like, she's like the main character of the movie. But as I said, like in the 70s and 80s, there were Princess Leia action figures, and in the yeah, 90s, I had them. in the 90s, there were Padme Amidala action figures. That and is interesting. Why did they not they, make a Ray action figure? I wonder they, if it's like a different manufacturer. Obviously, or but it's bullshit. Well, the excuse that boys don't want to play with girl action figures is dumb because. All the little boys I know don't care. Like they just want to play. Like, and when I was a kid, I had play action figures along with my Luke and Han, and I was just you need all the right because you need all the characters to make it work out. It's the same reason why Barbie has Ken because you need everybody to follow through the scenario. You can't just have one gender there. Now I'm angry. I'm heated. Yeah, she's a girl. (laughs) I'm really mad about this. I need to settle down. (laughs) Calm down, Lauren. Well, you know, we need to wrap the show up anyway, so you can, I'll send you the link after the show and we'll post it in the notes and everything. Yeah, write a heated um, layer to Mattel or whoever the fuck it is. But, yeah, write him some angry letters. Strongly like worded patriarchy. letter. <laughs> <sighs> fucking patriarchy. Email God in all caps. <laughs> I am so angry. Lauren Smash. <laughs> all right. Uh, so 
Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Mouthy Broadcast. Uh, give us a call at 757-541-CUNE and we'll play your voicemail on the show as you heard the one earlier. So, uh, yeah, and leave us a review on Stitcher and iTunes. Go up in the ratings. And of course, tell your friends because that's how you get the word of mouth advertising. We paint none of the shit. See you next Tuesday, motherfuckers. Bye. Good night. Alright, goodbye. There's just one more observation I wanted to make about the dog. You know, the first time it was just really uncomfortable for me because I don't know how a dog is going to act. You know, a big dog like that. I don't know how it's going to act when it's watching its owner mate. You know, is it going to attack me? Is it going to think I'm hurting her? And then it comes out and bites my nutsack off. Like, I don't know how a dog is going to react.